Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Coming up uh, tonight on our Relationship Hour, I want to talk about a book that is all the rage in pop psychology. You may have read it yourself. Uh, It's called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. I want to talk about um, the languages of love that we have. Why? Because I truly believe that in understanding our partner's love language, it can go a long way to improve uh, our intimacy with each other and our connection to each other. So, um, Maybe uh, after 10:15, grab a piece of paper, pen. I'll ask you some questions. You can discover which is your love language, and we'll talk about how to try and understand your partner's love language and why that's important to do, and then how you can put that into play. And I'll give you some um, ideas of the things you can do to talk in their language. So I'll, I'll act as an interpreter. Uh, later on tonight but first calling's not the only way to connect the inbox is easy and always open at 514-800 let me answer some questions tonight uh, for you so you can send them to me at 514-800 or you can always email them to me laurie at drlaurie.com so a couple of them by email one of them uh, was this can you talk about or comment on the swinger scene in Montreal. So I can, uh, I'll tell you right now off the bat, I don't have personal experience with the swinger scene, but I've talked to many, many people in the swinger community. So I can tell you uh, what they have told me. So apparently there are uh, a couple of swingers clubs in Montreal. There's one in particular that's probably the most, uh, um, most popular, which is Club L'Orage. And the way that that is, um, they, they have like a two sections to that club. So often people who are simply uh, curious, who just want to go in an environment that is uh, eroticized or uh, a little more free and, and dress in a sexier manner than they would be able to at a regular bar could go there. And the, the first floor is just, it, it's a bar basically. Um, I did get a tour of the place, not on a night when anything was happening, but I, I did get a tour of the place. There's uh, big TV screens everywhere. Um, they do play some erotic movies on there and people schmooze and talk. And there's a lot of rules around that too. Like you can't just go up to somebody and just touch them. Like there are some, there's real etiquette, uh, when it comes to going to these places for sure. And there's people watching and, uh, watching to make sure that nobody crosses the line. Uh, so oftentimes couples will go to these, uh, venues. Sometimes single women will go, sometimes, uh, single men will be allowed, but not as, uh, I'm not sure what their vetting process is, but there is something, uh, people pay, uh, I guess an annual, uh, membership fee. And then there's a private club, which, um, you have access to, and there is where the sex happens. So there are beds everywhere. There's like a room. They're not actual rooms, but separated, let's say by curtains. There's a uh, bowls of condoms everywhere and towels and all of this stuff. So, uh, that's, so that's what goes on in those, but there are many more, events. There are actual events uh, in Montreal. So if you're in the know, I'm, I'm sure if you 
Google uh, swingers events in Montreal, you would be able to find when those events are. But somebody told me about one called Eyes Wide Shut, um, which if you saw the movie, you'll know it's a, a similar kind of thing, uh, where people uh, dress up and sometimes they're wearing like costumes. You don't know, you can't see their faces. Um, and where there's group sex that's happening, you can do or not do as, as you wish. So there are things that are going on uh, in our city. They, they seem to be somewhat underground. They're certainly not advertised in local media, for example. But people who are uh, practitioners or who are in this lifestyle know about all these things. Plus, out of Montreal, are they also, uh, certain groups organize um uh, like vacation things, like uh, uh, cruise cruises, swingers cruises, and there are uh, vacation spots like um, desire, temptation, hedonism. Those are uh, like all-inclusive places that cater to uh, clothing optional um, adults. This is not the place to bring your family, and where things happen and where things don't happen. It's it, it again. It's up to you. Nobody is forced to do anything anywhere, even when you go to one of these uh, these events. If you are in the lifestyle and you want to share where some of your favorite spots are or places to go are, then uh, I'd love you to share them here at 514-800 for, our, uh, for this uh, texter. Uh, somebody said, aren't swingers afraid of gain, getting AIDS, Dr. Lori? Well, first of all, there's, uh, they, they'd be stupid if they didn't practice safe sex. And most people, and I would say all people really, it's a big thing, safety. So, uh, the condom use, condoms are everywhere at these, uh, at these venues. And because they're having sex oftentimes with strangers, with people they really, they don't know or don't have a relationship with, uh, they do protect themselves. Now, can they protect themselves against every possible STI? No, uh, because some of them are transmitted through skin-to-skin contact. But if you're talking about HIV, uh, condoms are the best protection for that. So there's no exchange of bodily fluids. So obviously you'd have to be, uh, safe swingers don't, doesn't mean it's a free for all and, and, uh, you know, nobody takes care of themselves on the contrary. They're far more conscious of practicing, uh, safe sex. I had a double mastectomy. I lost my nipples. Is there anything to do besides synthetic nipples? Well, uh, I know people who have uh, tattooed nipples on there. There's some tattoo artists that do uh, like 3D tattoos. They're so realistic. It's uh, pretty pretty impressive, actually, if you look online and see them. I've I've seen some examples of that. And... um, yeah, so you can get you can get them tattooed on. There's some people that uh, have instead of nipples, they have big tattoos on their breasts. Like it's a whole there's a whole community of people. I've seen them on Instagram uh, who've had mastectomies and then uh, who've had uh, either you know either they've they've uh, had reconstruction done or not, but have done tattoos where their breasts were or are. So uh, beautiful like flowered tattoos and what have you. So it covers the whole breast and so they don't 
they don't bother with the nipple part because there's a flower there instead or something like that. Uh, were condoms designed to protect people from getting AIDS? So you get S, you get HIV, not AIDS is a, a disease associated to HIV, but condoms were designed f- way before, <laughs> way before the AIDS epidemic, just so you know. Uh, condoms have been around for a, I don't even know how long, but a long time uh, before they were made of latex, they were made of lambskin, and before that, I'm not even sure what, but they have been around for a very long time. So, uh, no, they were not uh, designed to protect people from HIV. Uh, coming up, the five languages of love. Which language do you speak? Do you know? Uh, do you want to take the test with me? We'll do that uh, together next. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CJAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. In answer to our uh, emailer who wrote about swingers clubs and wanted to know more, this texture writes in, My girlfriend and I during the summer go to a nudist place called Oasis in Terrebonne. Great place, lake, heated pool, spa, sauna, or if you just want to get an all-over tan. $25 per couple for the day. Very enjoyable. Uh, I'm sure no sex happens there. There's plenty of nudist places, by the way, in, in and around Montreal. I think Oka has a nudist beach as well. And so there's probably a few of them that you could, uh, you could find. But the, the people aren't around having sex. That's the, uh, that's the difference. So, love languages. This is all the rage. Everybody, uh, pretty much everybody I know has read this book. Uh, and it's a pop psychology book, but makes a lot of sense. It's called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And everybody who reads it uh, relates to it because we all have a language of love. In other words, uh, some a way that we express our love to our partner. And it's different for each of us. And when we understand our partner's love language, it really helps communication. It helps our intimacy. It helps the bond. It helps us connect. And I have to tell you, oftentimes in my office, I sometimes feel like a translator with couples when I work with couples. And I kind of, I help them identify and learn each other's uh, love language, which helps the communication between the two of them. Have you ever stopped to think how you express your love, how your partner expresses their love? I think we often uh, run into trouble when we, when we expect that our partner speak the same language as us. So that if we are affectionate and this is how we show our love, we get very frustrated if our partner doesn't show it back to us in the way that we express it. But that's not the way it works. And unfortunately, it leads to frustration and conflict and resentment. So I want to talk about these, these, these langu- languages. So in a nutshell, what are we talking about? There are five of these languages. The most common one is words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, physical touch, and receiving gifts. 
So those are your five languages of love. I want to go into detail with them and, and a little bit later, um, get you to take the test. Like I'll go through each of the, the, there's an actual quiz. You could take it online right now if you'd like. You just have to Google five languages of love quiz. Take the quiz and let me know what uh, what is your love language. And sometimes we have like a, our main one, and then we have like a secondary one. So you can have more than uh, more than uh, one language. So basically, we're talking about the way that we express and receive love. This is uh, that's what when we talk about love languages, and we have preferences like. For me, I'm somebody that uh, is, uh, words of affirmation is a big one for me, acts of service is another one, and affection. What is yours? What is your uh, love language? So if we're talking about words of affirmation, this is um, what means a lot to you is compliments, unsolicited compliments, not like, do I look nice, honey, but more where your partner just tells you out of the blue how great you look or hearing the words I love you those are very important to you to hear the words I love you so you know how some people say yeah but my partner knows I love them it like I don't have to say it all the time but you may may not have to say it all the time but you have to say it sometimes and because it's what your partner needs uh you're the, if you, if your language is words of affirmation, then you're the kind of person that will thrive on hearing kind and encouraging words that build you up, that make you feel supported. If your language is that of acts of service, um, anything that your partner does to, let's say, ease the burden of responsibilities, uh, would be an act of service and it would be something that you um, value. So something that you might want to hear from a partner is something like, oh, let me do that for you, or can I do that for you? The things that would drive you crazy would be uh, like from your partner, laziness, uh, broken commitments, things like that. So um, this is when you feel that somebody is doing things for you out of love, not out of obligation, but out of love. And this is what makes you feel valued and makes you feel loved. And that's if you, if yours is acts of service, your love language may be, um, receiving gifts. Now it's not about materialism here. So we're not talking about somebody who's totally materialistic. Um, but what you thrive on is the thoughtfulness, the love, and the effort behind the gift. It's not what the gift is, but everything behind the gift, right? So if you speak this language, then the perfect gift or gesture shows that you are cared for, that you are understood, that the person knows you, um, and that this is this is important uh to you. So if what would drive you crazy, for example, would be if somebody missed your birthday or a thoughtless gift, or somebody just picked up something at the, whatever, at the, you know, picked up flowers from the pharmacy, for example, um, that would not make you happy. 
okay? Uh, and little gestures would make you happy. Those things are important. Quality time is another love language. So in quality time, it's about full, undivided attention. Uh, being there for your partner, really being there, not being on your phone while you're in their presence, um, not, you know, like, like actually focusing on the person, um, makes you feel special and loved. What would drive you crazy would be somebody who seems very distracted, who postpones dates with you, or who doesn't listen to you. That would feel very, uh, very hurtful to you. So doing activities together, spending uninterrupted time talking, that and sharing that time makes you feel connected if quality time is your love language. Physical touch is about hugs and pats on the back and thoughtful touches on the arm. Those are, uh, these can demonstrate not just excitement, but also concern and care and love. Um, the person's physical presence is necessary here. And obviously if you feel neglected, this is the worst thing that you can feel. If your love language is that a physical, uh, touch, physical touch can demonstrate warmth and safety and love. And this would be important for you. So when we talk about these languages, why is it so important? It's not enough to just love our partner. It's not enough. We know we love our partner, right? But what's needed is you have to ask your question. Does my partner feel the love? Do they feel your love? So, so it doesn't matter that you, that you know that you love them. It matters more that they feel your love. And this is what I see oftentimes when, when I work with uh, couples is I see this, this issue coming up a lot is somebody doesn't feel desired. They don't feel loved. And it's not just about the lack of sex in a relationship, although that can certainly make somebody feel non-desired and unloved, but that's symptomatic of other things and usually resentments and things like that. Um, but the, the biggest problem that I see is people who don't, they don't feel loved and yet, you know, their partners will sit there and say, yeah, but I love you. Like, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm devoted to you. I'm committed to you. I'm married to you, blah, blah, blah. But what, if I don't feel the love, then we have a problem. And that's part of what, uh, why it's important to understand if you're, um, when your spouse feels loved from you, they will be a much happier uh, person. What is your language of love? I'm curious to know if you could identify which one you are. So you have to think about, um, what is it? How does your partner express love? How do I express love? And do we understand each other? Do I understand my partner's, uh, love language? And so, because sometimes people will say, well, I do all this stuff for you and you don't appreciate it, or 
I do this because I love you. And the other person is going like, but wait a second, but I need, like, that's not, to me, that's not love, right? So somebody will say, well, yeah, but I, you know, I make you coffee every morning. That's my love. So their language is acts of service. I make you coffee every morning. But if the other person doesn't see that as love because their love language is words of affirmation where they need to hear the I love yous and, and all of that and they're not getting it, there's a miscommunication here. They're not registering that that making of the coffee is an actual show of love if what they actually need to feel loved is something else. This is why it's so important to understand and to see what is it? What, what does our, how will our partner feel loved? We need to, we need to find out, we need to have this discussion. So reading this book together and doing the test together would be great, would go a long way, um, to get you each to understand how both of you need to feel loved. And it may not be natural for, for you, let's say your language of love is not affection, but your partner's is. You're going to have to make the efforts to be affectionate with your partner so they do feel the love. And this is where, where the effort comes in in a relationship. Coming up, I want to take the test, the five love languages test. I'll give you all the, uh, for the different languages, I'll, I'll give you all the, the indicators of each one, and then you decide which one you are. But I'd love to hear from you if this has been a book that has helped you, if this is something that you have even thought about or, um, or something you want to start thinking about. pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak you're listening to passion cjd 800 we're talking about love languages tonight uh one of the best-selling book called the five love languages it's all the rage in pop psychology lots of people uh, have bought this book for sure by gary chapman dr gary chapman who uh, wrote this he's uh, actually, he's a minister as well, I believe, or a, a, a chaplain, or he's, anyway, he's a, he he has some uh, position as that. Not not just uh, uh, he's also an anthropologist, actually. Um, anyhow, yes, he he's graduated from a theological seminary, so clearly he has there has religious underpinnings but it's not a religious book so uh, and it's a book that is so useful for so many people and has been and uh, I myself use this in working with couples so that they can understand and better communicate with each other and better fulfill each other's needs at least the, the need to feel loved which is important for all of us we all have a desire and need to feel loved and understood and when we uh, find out what our love languages are and what our partner's love language uh, is then it's so much makes just makes so much more sense and so much easier to give them what they 
neat. A couple of texts here. Uh, love languages are great. Helps me to better understand my partners and loved ones in my life and helps them to understand me. Uh, another text writes, mine are acts of service, physical touch, quality time. So the top one is, I guess, acts of service. Um, I realized I love giving words of affirmation and I'm pretty good at it, even though I'm not big on receiving them. It's interesting. Sometimes we have uh, a love language, a giving love language and a receiving love language that might be actually different. So I'm going to go through these love languages and just to, to recap, they are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. So we're going to do a little test right now. Uh, and I'm going to give you each of, for, for each of these different, uh, love languages, uh, I'm going to give you the characteristics of them and you decide which one fits you the most. Okay. And I want you to let me know. Uh, so we're going to start with words of affirmation. What are those? So if you like to receive notes of affirmation, um, it would be, I feel loved when you acknowledge me. I like it when you tell me that I am attractive. Your words of acceptance are important to me. I like the kind words you say to me. I value your praise and try to avoid your criticism. I like you to compliment my achievements. I like when you compliment my appearance. I feel loved when you celebrate my birthday with meaningful words, written or spoken. I like to be told that you appreciate me. I feel loved when you tell me how much you appreciate me. I need your words of affirmation daily. So if this sounds like you, then your love language is probably words of affirmation. Let's take a look at quality time. I like to spend one-on-one -on -one time with you. I like taking long walks with you. I like to go places with you. I like to spend time with you. I like to be together when we do things. I feel close when we are talking or doing something together. I like when you listen to me sympathetically. I feel loved when you take the time to understand my feelings. I really enjoy the feeling I get when you give me your undivided attention. I appreciate it when you listen patiently and don't interrupt me. I enjoy extended trips with you. I like for you to look at me when we are talking. If a lot of those fits you and your personality, then your love language would be uh, quality time. Receiving gifts. Is this your love language? I like it when you give me gifts. I feel loved when I receive a gift from you. Visible symbols of love gifts are very important to me. I like to receive little gifts from you. Several inexpensive gifts mean more to me than one large expensive gift. I really enjoy receiving gifts from you. So they repeat because they, they, you have to pick from one or the other, just so you know that I, I've just done it a little bit differently here. Uh, I like receiving gifts that you make. I feel loved when you celebrate my birthday with a gift. 
I know you are thinking of me when you give me a gift. I appreciate it when you remember special days with a gift. Giving me a gift for no occasion makes me feel loved. And your gifts are always special to me. Now let's go with acts of service. What's your love language? So far, do you recognize yourself in any of these uh, languages? So in one text writes, when I first did the test for myself, it made things make so much sense. It does. It really makes things, it, it, it could, it, what it could do is also like you could recognize where the issues uh, are in your relationship when it comes to that communication, like communicating your love and like you might think, why doesn't my partner feel loved? I don't understand. Like I do this, this, and that, but maybe that's not the language they understand, right? Uh, so acts of service is another one of these five languages of love. And I took this from the five languages test by Dr. Gary Chapman, just so you know, and anybody could do this online, by the way, and it will tell you what your love language uh, is. Uh, so if we go to acts of service, I feel loved when you give me practical help. I feel loved when you do things to help me. I know you love me when you help me. What you do affects me more than what you say. I know you love me when you do things for me that you don't enjoy doing. I feel loved when you help me with my home projects. Your acts of service make me feel loved. I appreciate the many things you do for me. I feel loved when you help me out with my chores. I like to know that you are concerned enough to help me with my daily task. And I feel loved when you, enth when you enthusiastically do a task I have requested. And finally, the final one is the love language of physical touch. I like it when you hug me. I feel loved when you hug or touch me. Uh, I feel loved when you hold me in your arms. I like to hold hands with you. I like to sit close to you. I feel whole when we hug. I feel closer to you when you touch me. I like for you to touch me when you walk by. I feel secure when you are touching me. Kissing me unexpectedly makes me feel loved. I feel loved when you kiss me and I need to be hugged by you every day. If that sounds like you, then your language of love is physical touch. See if you can identify your language of love, but also your partner's. It makes, it's far more important to understand your partner's love language than your own because you need to respond to your partner with their love language, not your own, and to make them feel loved. The goal here is to make your partner feel loved, and you can do that by giving them and speaking to them, so, so to speak, in their love language. Coming up, how to show your partner they are loved based on, your, on their love language, rather. With Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. 
tonight we're talking about the language of love uh, based on the book by Gary Chapman who wrote the five love languages very very popular book but also it's a very important book I want to talk about it because it's not a big book it's an easy book to read but it gets you to really understand how we each express love and we do it differently we each can do it quite differently in fact a couple of textures here that I want to share. First of all, our passion poet uh, wrote something here. When you have someone special and they compliment your life, it takes more than just words from a husband or a wife. It's the little signs of love, like a random hug or a rose, or how beautiful she is when dressed up in new clothes. A little wink and a smile can go a long way. Sometimes it's just kind gestures, not so much what you say. Love is priceless and you can have it for free. Just make a little extra effort and that is the key. And Passion Poet, I should tell you that I've been getting emails from people <laughs> asking me about you, and, uh, I, and, and I don't know you, but they're asking me, and things like, is he single? <laughs> so I just thought I would uh, pass that on. Uh, let's see. Good evening, Dr. Lori. I speak all five daily to my loved one. I perform at least one or two or three from each of the languages every day. Would that mean I'm covered? <laughs> You're covered, my dear. Uh, wow. That's, uh, that's quite a bit, but it, wouldn't it be interesting to ask your partner what actually does it for them? Because it could be that some of the things that you do, mean less, right? So you could focus then your energies more on the things that, that they identify as, uh, the, the, the love stuff. So that could be something like that. Uh, another one, sometimes, however, if one is deeply insecure, no amount of reassurance or expressing love will suffice as their proper insecurities essentially obstructs their receptive abilities rather that you could be right, and those are bigger problems to uh, to address for sure. If if a a person cannot accept any kind of love, or doesn't even it doesn't register for them, or they don't believe it, then you're right. It it could be a sign of a much deeper uh, deeper issue that that should be dealt with in therapy. Absolutely, and the therapist could certainly uncover that. So if we look at, uh, maybe can give you, I can give you some ways that uh, you can show, um, you know, we could probably get it from some of our listeners too. Give me some tips of how you, um, how you express your love. What are some of the things that you do? But let's say somebody's language of love is words of affirmation. And remember, it's about their language, not your language. The real value here is to think about your partner's love language. It's good to know yours. I'm not saying that it's good to, it's certainly healthy to know your love language and communicate that to your partner, but it's far more important for you to know their love language. So, because you want them to feel loved and we all, we all want to feel loved of course too. And if you both do it, that's great. But Really, your goal is to make sure that your partner uh, feels loved and that you are communicating it and expressing it in their primary love language. So pay attention to that. It's, it's a great exercise to know what yours is, but far more important to know what theirs is. So if your partner's uh, love language is words of affirmation, clearly they need to hear 
I love you quite a bit. Uh, this is important for them to hear it from you, whether it's a written note, whether it's a message, whether it's just coming from your mouth, whether it's words of kindness, things like that. But other things that you could do, like uh, make sure you thank them for cooking a, a really uh, nice meal or congratulate them for an accomplishment like uh, they quit smoking or they lost weight or they did something like that. Uh, leaving an encouraging note. Uh, if you know they have a presentation, for example, at work or a test at school or something, uh, so being encouraging, right? Uh, remind them how capable they are when they doubt themselves. So being their, uh, basically being their cheerleader, complimenting them, complimenting what they're wearing or their hair or something about their uh, appearance. Uh, leaving notes in a lunchbox, for example, or um, under their pillow or in their suitcase if they're going away. Sending texts. Texts are important here too, just to say, hey, I'm thinking of you, or a, a heart emoji, or anything like that is a, a, a way to, it's a, a word of affirmation. Someone who uh, whose love language is uh, quality time, then uh, of course that means, you know, spending time with you, but n no technologies between you, no TV, uh, no cell phones, just undivided attention. And you can do that not all day, every day, all the time, but spending a portion of the day, whether it's 10, 15, 20 minutes a day, giving them your undivided attention would be really important. Like before you go to work, maybe having breakfast together or having a coffee together or after work, setting aside time where you just focus on each other, where you say, Hey, no phones allowed. Nobody touches, uh, nobody looks at their phone, planning a date night. So if you plan a date, I say, Hey, I want to take you out too. And you know, that's quality time together, maintaining eye contact with them when you're in a conversation, which tells them I'm focusing on you. What you have to say is really important to me. Uh, taking a, a walk together, maybe, um, trying to go to bed at the same time together, for example, or tucking each other in if need be. If your love language is receiving gifts, then, well, you know, gifts are depending on, of course, what they like, but you've got to know what they like, right? So it would be good for you to keep, a, 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 like, notes in your on your phone, for example, of things that your partner has mentioned so that you keep them as gift ideas for uh, special occasions or, or just because. So pay attention. This tells your partner, oh, they're thinking of me and they're listening to me and they know what I like. They know me, right? And that's how you, uh, you end up, um, addressing their language in that way. Acts of service. Again, this is something you can maybe easy to, to think about anything you do that eases their burden. So their responsibilities will satisfy that kind of partner, right? So, uh, maybe doing, uh, doing the vacuuming without being asked, by the way, that's, uh, that's another thing, uh, getting their car washed or, uh, filling up their gas tank, uh, packing, making a lunch for them, uh, something like that. So those kinds of things are the, uh, acts of service that you can, you can practice and physical touch. 
seems obvious, but there's many ways that you can, you can touch There's many, many types of physical touch, like hand holding, hugs, uh, gentle caresses, uh, things like that. Touching somebody's arm, their neck during a conversation, offering a back rub, for example, or a neck rub or a foot rub, uh, kissing hello and goodbye, not forgetting that cuddling while watching TV, um, touching them, you know, when you're lying in bed and just touching their feet, for example, uh, holding hands on a walk, putting your arm around them when you're out. Uh, those are ideas of, uh, things you can do that would speak to the person who requires physical touch to feel loved. So have you figured out your, uh, your language? Uh, another one says helping with chores at home, purchases to be made online, etc. Other acts of service, shopping. I hate shopping. If someone goes to the pharmacy or Dollarama or groceries or other stores for me, that's wonderful. Uh, current circumstances, a family member that does not live with me is doing the shopping for my household at the moment. It's wonderful. Yes. I have a girlfriend. Every once in a while, I slip a poem in her pocket or just a little note telling her how much I care or have a nice day note. Uh, I am a hopeless romantic. Another one, a texter just says, interesting, just discovered my love language is that of affirmation. Thanks. Great. And it's, it's fun to know what our love language is because we can then talk to our partners about it, right? We can say, Hey, these are the things that are important to me, but I'm going to restate this. It's more important for you to understand your partner's love language. If you want them to feel loved and you want, you need to be able to communicate your love in a language that they understand. It's like a, an actual language. You're not going to try to have a conversation with someone who speaks a different language. If you know, if they don't understand your language, you want to make sure they understand your language and you want to make sure you understand their language so that you can speak in their language. So I hope this was a bit helpful for people. And if you want to share this, uh, this show is uh, up as a podcast will be up, uh, in, in, in a little bit as a podcast, you can pick it up on either uh, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, or just go directly to my website, drlori.com. And if you click on uh, passion radio, you'll see all the past shows will be there. And this show will be labeled, uh, the languages of love. And then you can share it with your partner and you can uh, figure it out. So thanks. Thanks for all your input on there. And uh, I learned a lot. I hope you learned something uh, from this show as well. Uh, thank you to Chris Aiken, our technical producer tonight. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. Don't forget, you can always send me your emails as well. If you have questions about love, sex, relationships, just send them to me and I will address them uh, throughout the week. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion. <music>